Welcome to episode two of the Lost in Space podcast. I am your host, as always, since day one, Adam Sege, and I am so excited the fact that this is an episode two. And I've questioned whether or not I want to number these episodes just because I don't want to make these early episodes seem dated. But this is a huge benchmark for me in the sense that I never even thought I was ever going to release one podcast episode. So the fact that I'm on two now, <laughs> my goal is to eventually get to a point where I have 678 different podcast episodes. And not just that, like I know like I like to keep these at about 20 minutes just because I find it's a good amount of time considering I just do these myself. But some podcasts I listen to go three, four hours. Not saying I listen to them all at once, but that's another goal I'm going to put out. I want my end game to be able to put out a six-hour podcast, really diving into some serious stuff, but in a cool, comfortable way that you could just sit down, I could put on a pot of coffee, and I could just go for hours on end. Uh, As always, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play Store, Stitcher, as well as Podbean. And if you can leave a five-star review, that'll help us out with the algorithm. Uh, Hopefully, maybe down the road, this podcast can get some sponsors and I can get some free stuff. So (laughs) that would be really great. But, I mean, you don't have to do that. You can also tell a friend, uh, you know, the more listeners, the better. And the more listeners, the more engaged I'm going to feel because then it'll become more of an obligation. But as always, my goal is to do this for fun. So if you listened to the last episode, you heard me talk about the spectrum. And it's not the last time I'm going to talk about the spectrum. But again, this podcast is big topics in small conversation, uh, small talk format. So I find that this builds a nice, comforting, safe space environment. It's the anti-anxiety podcast. It's the companionship podcast where whether you're on your commute to work or school, you're at the office, or you're just running errands by yourself, that this is a cool, comfortable listen for you to do and you can multitask and my voice can be the background noise to your day. And I do not take that as a diss, I take that as an ultimate compliment. So what I wanted to talk about in this episode is my love for people. Now, I realized that in 2020, it may not be a popular opinion to say that I love people in general, because let's face it, with social media and the evolution of technology, we all have a bigger platform to stand on where we can voice our opinions and we could put ourselves out there. And yes, it has truly highlighted some terrible people in the world. But I'm talking about my love for people in general, because I try to imagine a life without people. And to me, that's not possible. To me, a life with happiness, fulfillment, with comfortable environments involves people. And it's not just my best friends. It's not just families, relationships. My love for people extends to even strangers and acquaintances. So let me try to explain it without rambling too much. So if you're like me, you probably have some sort of routine set up. 
Uh, if you're work, if you're, or if you're in school, uh, you might find out you wake up in the morning, you have coffee either before work or on the way to work, you get stuck in traffic or you take transit and you're at your office, you're in class, and then by the time you get home, after that commute back home, you feel like you're stressed out or you just feel tired and you at that point you either want to go out and just cut loose or you want to decompress and you want to be a bit more introverted and maybe put something on netflix or reading a book or going to the gym there's always some sort of set routine well my love for people like i said extends to beyond the people i know personally so say for example if I don't make coffee at home and say I pick up coffee on the way, the person that I see at the Tim Hortons or whatever coffee shop that I go to, to me, I try to look at them and I try to imagine that this isn't just somebody who works at a coffee shop. This is a person, an individual who has their own interests, their own hobbies, their own life experience. There might be some things about their lives that are just amazing, but we just don't know because we don't really get to talk to them about that because, again, these are private details about life. But I refuse to believe that everybody that we see from traffic to working at the coffee store are just people who are not interesting in any way. Because even if you don't have any crazy stories, because people can be so different, and it's going to sound extremely cheesy, but remember when I was talking about the spectrum on how it's not just, say for example, introverted, extroverted, how there's levels in between? Well, with every characteristic, there's a spectrum. So no two people are the same. So even the people that you meet at the coffee store, even if they don't have necessarily crazy stories that they that they remember, they're so individual that you're probably not going to see someone like them anywhere else. But you don't know that. And then you go into traffic, and then if you're in a big city, you might find yourself frustrated by all the cars and all the drivers and all the cyclists and all the buses, and you think that everyone on this road uh, doesn't need to be anywhere. They're just here to slow me down because I'm the only person that has somewhere to be. And then you start to take deep breaths, and then you remember, oh wait, everyone here has somewhere to be, and they probably look at me the same way I look at them. That they're just someone on the road trying to slow me down to make sure that I don't get to where I need to be on time. But you look at these cars and you see these buses and you see there's probably some cars that have families who, again, are have very dynamic personalities and who knows, there might be buses where someone is going to a Starbucks to write the next big screenplay or someone just came back from a flight from Hong Kong or somewhere. These are things that I try to think about to try and open myself up and avoid being cynical about how people sometimes can just feel like background characters because we become so desensitized to seeing hordes of people around. But again, thinking about it from a deeper level, think about your life right now. Say say you're still, obviously, this isn't like Will Smith and I am a legend. Say you're still in the world of a lot of other people, but you're in a place where there's not a lot of people in general, and you spend a lot of time there. Say, I don't know, you're somewhere in the woods. At some point, even if you're introverted, you need some sort of communication with people, whether or not it's verbal, whether it's not it's through technology, over the phone, anything like that. People cannot be completely isolated. We still need some sort of communication with people. 
And if you were to go through life, and yeah, there are some days, of course, where we need to decompress, and we just want to avoid people at all costs. Whether or not it's personal, you know, it's completely irrelevant. We sometimes just need that space where we could just avoid all people in general. But after a while, you would find yourself starting to feel a little bit maybe weird, maybe a little bit off, because... You know, just like our senses, our ability to see, hear, and smell, our ability to speak, we need to be able to utilize. You know, we have a brain that takes in a lot of information. And if you say, for example, if you're eating and you get a deficiency in, I don't know, a vitamin or a macronutrient, it has side effects on your body. Same way if you're living your life and you're not communicating with other people, at some point it's going to have an effect on your life and whether or not you're able to continue on with it, it's not going to be a positive outcome. So again, in life there are some terrible people and there's so many more ways to communicate that maybe we look at communication as something we want to avoid a little bit more, but it's still an essential part of our lives. And not saying that loving all people is always a positive thing because one topic I want to cover as well is people pleasing and the effects that it can have on people because loving people a lot and basing your life around other people also is on the far side of the spectrum to the point where it can be unhealthy. So I know that we're our own worst storytellers but Again, I like to use myself as an example because I do want to relate to you and I hope hopefully this does relate to some of you. I consider myself a people pleaser and a people pleaser by how I like to define it is someone who when they make their decisions, they try to please everybody. And if it's not everybody, they try to please the largest quantity of people that they can. And it sounds like a great quality. What's that uh, saying from, uh, oh, this can be embarrassing if I screw this up, from Star Trek, from Spock, the need of the many outweigh the need of the few. Like it, it sounds like a great principle to have. However, when you're making decisions and you're trying to please the most amount of people, sometimes you yourself or the people closest to you don't factor into that equation because well, if you're making a decision that's either benefiting yourself or benefiting other people, more often than not, if you're a people pleaser, you're going to do the latter. You're going to choose a decision that pleases the most amount of people, and in the end, it doesn't please you. So if you're constantly making decisions that aren't helping yourself, even if you're feeling good about it, it's affecting your output because if you're at work, even though taking a sick day means that your colleagues will have to pick up for your slack, it's something that you do because ultimately it is for yourself, it is for your well-being, and it also, it actually would in the end you know, the other people who are going to have a hard time with you out sick, because while that day is going to be difficult, at least when you come back, you'll be in better condition to work harder and get back on track. Now, if we were to take this from a, a different example, well, you've always wanted to say you wanted to do something for yourself, but you always worry about leaving the people you care about behind, like your friends and family. If you're always making the decision that, well, I can't do this for me right now, 
now because I need to do this for other people, then that doesn't just affect you, that can affect the people that you have very close relationships with as well. Like say if you are in a, a strong relationship, friendship, whatever have you, and your decisions are trying to please the most amount of people, sometimes the people on the losing side of that are the people that you care about the most. And that can play into an effect that you're not getting the most benefit out of your relationship and neither is the other party because the people who you're trying to benefit are the people who, you know, no offense, you don't hold as close to your heart as your significant other, as your best friend, as your family, as any person not any person that, that, that that's close to. And how I like to put it with people pleasing is say if you do something with the goal of pleasing in your mind a hundred people then when you fail you write yourself a receipt where you have to deal with the emotions of failing 100 people even if in reality those 100 people don't look at it as you failed them or if they don't even figure that this affects them at all like say if if i'm at work and i'm working on a project and i think that this is going to affect 100 people in the office this may not affect 100 people in the office, but I feel like it does. So if it didn't work out the way I thought, then in my head, I feel like I failed 100 people. That is huge emotional weight to carry on your shoulders and on your mind. So I, I, was, I was and I still am to a degree a people pleaser. And this is the hardship that sometimes you have to deal with. Sometimes you have to be selfish, and selfish isn't a bad word. Again, let's bring back the spectrum from episode one. Selfish or people-pleasing can be a bad thing if it's on the extreme end of either. And selfishness, if you do it every once in a while, is good because selfishness is taking care of ourselves selfishness is prioritizing people close to us over people who are not as close and sometimes that is needed because if we're all a little bit selfish now and then then we'll all be able to recharge our batteries we'll all be able to get stuff done on our personal agenda and then we're going to live much more fulfilling lives but let's bring it back to loving people. I truly do believe that if you look at people as a whole, most are trying to do things for the better good of the most amount of people. So in a way, people-pleasing. And I know especially with social media and especially with serious conversations when it comes to politics, that there's stuff that whether or not it's for the benefit of other people, it, it's, an, it's a concern that needs to be addressed. However, I remember reading a book by uh, Eli uh, Batuman, I believe. I might have butchered the name. And the book was called The Idiot. It was about a, uh, a student from Turkey who went to Boston to school and it was just talking about her experiences as, as an international student who made a, a unique observation about her times uh, going to school in the States. And when she was doing her media studies, they played Dumbo in class. Now, if you're not familiar with Dumbo, it's, of course, a Disney movie about uh, an elephant that was able to fly. It had weird qualities, 
but I mean, this is a very explained like on five format. It was an about an elephant who had weird characteristics, but that actually made Dumbo special. And in the book, the character was talking about the people who treated her poorly, or she's seen people treat poorly. Um, we're all watching Dumbo, and they all rooted for Dumbo, who was the hero in the story, because they all saw themselves as the hero. Everyone felt sympathy for Dumbo when Dumbo was bullied. It made her think that maybe that there's something in the world that we're not talking about enough, that people in general feel like they're in the right, that they're the hero and that the opposing side is wrong, or that they see bullying and they see putting someone down for different distinctions, how everyone sees that as wrong. But it took a, a movie to play in class for her to realize that, oh, wow, everyone's rooting for the greater good of that movie. Because you can't deny watching Dumbo that Dumbo is the main character and Dumbo is the, the hero of the story. So I believe that when it comes to everyday people, and again, let's redefine terms. Because normally when you say everyday people, we say, well, people who are not famous, average people like us everyone is an everyday person because we all have an everyday but when we're talking about people that we see on a daily basis who have routines similar to ours we have a lot more in common than we do in differentiation. Uh, whether or not we like the same music, books, whether or not we have the same characteristics, we all are trying to go somewhere in life and we're all trying to see our own success. And I think we're all trying to help uh, a lot of people, a lot more people than we will admit to other people. But that just brings, again, everything closer to us and it mitigates the divide between people. So I know that was a little bit of a rambling. And again, I hope as the episodes go on that it becomes a little bit more coherent. But that's this week's episode about my love for people. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, we're going to be back for more episodes every week. So again, you can join us on Apple Podcasts. Google Music Play Store, Podbean, as well as Stitcher Radio. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, you can reach me on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I'm at 100% Adam, so I'm easy to find. And again, if you can leave a five-star review or tell a friend to listen, this will help with the growth of the podcast. So, you know, I can keep making these and then we can keep having some fun conversations. And again, this is the Decompression Anti-Anxiety Companionship Podcast to help you through your day. I hope that this brings us all closer together and the less further apart. And I thank you for listening. Have a great day.